What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Flyered Up Podcast. I'm your host, Amadeo Gracia, along with my partner, Chris Mayer. As always, we live stream on the Painted Lines, TTP Sports, and Flyers Fan Mania 93 on YouTube, along with a bunch of different Facebook groups, the Flyered Up Facebook page, a couple of Twitter pages as well. So hopefully you are able to find us wherever we are. And yeah, it's a good old Philadelphia Flyers. I Hopefully, if you can see our background, I don't think you can. It's a good picture from it, you know that good old Flyers fan with the bag over his head with a frowny face. I think that is the uh, the good mood, or not not good mood honestly, just the, the mood that we're all in right now, just because of how frustrating uh, the 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 past month has been with this team. The month of November has been a major frustration. Flyers are now on a six game losing streak as they fall to the New Jersey Devils tonight by a score of five to two. I'm frustrated. Chris is frustrated. We're all frustrated. I see a bunch of people here in the comment sections are frustrated as ever. The past game on Black Friday was incredibly frustrating in that loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. And it just feels like right now this thing is spiraling out of control. And right now I'm out of answers on how the hell they fix this thing. Chris, I, I'm sure you're out of the answers because you're just tired of this of this shit at this point. It's, it's just really it's speechless. It's really just... It's kind of going back to last year where it's just repeating the same same goddamn words because it's the same things that fault this team right now. They can't find a ways to put pucks into the back of the net. Their defense is struggling, and right now they're leaving their goaltenders to dry, and I think the only people that really haven't played bad is Carter Hart and Martin Jones. Yeah, Hart didn't have his best game against Carolina. I, I would have liked him to play better, but I, overall this entire season it has not been on Carter Hart and Martin Jones at all. Mm-mm. I mean, at some point, Hart was going to have a bad game. Same with Jones. Like, you know, it, it, it happens. Like, I'm not worried about that. The only thing that sucks is that Friday's game felt like the defensive turnovers and the, the, the bad goals also kind of came with the Flyers scoring more goals. You know what I mean? Like, um. I don't know. They, they scored three goals for the first time in a, a long time. Um, it's just, it is so frustrating when me and you sit here and we cover this team and we have to watch this over and over and over again. Again, it's like last season where it's like last season got to the point where I feel like last season was the turning point of like, the first couple weeks of March is what feels like right now is happening again. It feels like it's the first couple of games where you're like, oh my God, please wake up, do something. Then it just gets more aggravating and aggravating. And then it continues to happen. And then it gets to a certain boiling point where you just don't give a shit anymore. That's what it feels like right now. For me, at least for me, I know it's November. I know it's early, but 
What people don't understand about me personally is I'm young. I am only 18 years old. I started watching this team in the 2012-13 season. This is the only hockey I have ever seen in my life. So everybody else who has saw the 2010 Cup run, the 2011-12 series against the Penguins where there was great moments in that series, you see, um, you know, some fans have seen the Flyers win Stanley Cups. You've seen the Flyers go to the Stanley Cup. You saw the Eric Lindros era. You saw Peter Forsberg. You saw Gagne, Richards, Carter, all of these great players in this organization. From the, the 70s all the way up, I have seen a single season that was hit with COVID. And you go to a bubble four months later and you won a playoff series. And it was like a Mickey Mouse kind of season whole type of thing in the league. Like it would just, it didn't, it wasn't real hockey. You know what I mean? It was, but it wasn't. So it's just frustrating when you feel like this is a new year, your general manager goes out and gets a bunch of different guys. You feel like it's a new vibe with the team. Then you're just absolutely smoked with injuries, which obviously doesn't help, but it's not the the answer. Um, And it, it's just, it's just, it, it's frustrating. It's I'm unbelievably frustrated because this is six losses in a row where certain guys still look like your best players. Zach McEwen looks like your best player. I mean, Connor Bunneman is playing on this team. Their center depth for this game was Couturier, uh, Frost, Lawton, Bunneman. It honestly would be. And then they Couturier, moved Frost up in the lineup Hayes. as well. Yeah, it, it could be a lot better where it would, where it would be. Couturier, a healthy Kevin Hayes. At some point this year, we wanted to see how the campaigns don't know if we'll see it fully. Probably not. But next season, you don't know. But it could be Couturier, Hayes, Broussard, or Frost. You have Lawton. You have Thompson. You have Claude Giroux. There's so many options. You know what I mean? Like, And I get it. You haven't had Ryan Ellis. Ryan Ellis has played five games out of the 19. So I get it. You're getting killed with injuries. But certain things, like the Flyers' power play is a, a absolute disgrace. It's a disgrace. I actually thought tonight was one of the better nights for it in the last six games. Second unit started to do really well. Um, Drew was on the left, thankfully. Watch, though. Next game means the Rangers. That'll be all switched up. Um, it, it felt like they were moving the puck well. They generated, you know, passing and everything. There's Again, the comment right there from Dawson, the system we're, we're using is obviously not working. Bingo. I've said this for like four or five, six games now. It's been a trend throughout the month of November. And another thing is, too, that's not helping them. Their schedule is really tough. They've played a lot of hard games in November, three games in four nights a couple times. A lot of teams they played had a lot of days off going into that game. So I get it. But you can't tell me you did all that in the offseason. And I, I get it. Some of the guys you brought in aren't playing. But you can't tell me you did all this in the offseason to have this bad of a rough, of a rough patch. Because I, I do feel like it is a rough patch. But it's so unbelievably frustrating when you continuously see this. And then to get on social media, it's like it's like the sky is not falling with this team. It's not like they're the worst team in the league. It's not. Yes, I get it. It's not easy. And it's not like amazing right now because it's, it's not even good. It, well, it's like bad. The the frustration and the negativity, we understand why people are being that way just because of how bad this muff is being. But yeah. as we've said many times, this team is not as future as what they're showcasing. They're just not. Okay. No. 
There's absolutely not, no way you add all that in the offseason to, to score at like a one goal game pace. Yeah, they're you they're not as they're not as bad as some of these other teams. They're not as bad as Arizona. They're not as bad as Ottawa, Montreal, Buffalo, those type of teams. They're not as yeah. bad as Seattle, Vancouver. I think the Flyers are a middle of the pack team when healthy. And I'm I'm serious about that. But my question is this. How long can you sit here and not do something about this? We've seen it many times before throughout this decade of recent years being just you have to fight back in the playoffs. You got to fight back to get into the to try to at least get some kind of ground to make it to get into a playoff spot like you, you, we all know sure as shit that's not going to be the case. It's not going to be any different this year. It's not going to be like, oh, you know, it, it, the wiggle room is so small. The room the, the room for error late in the season in the Metropolitan Division is that small. It's unbelievably There's, tight. Yeah, every you, you team can't mess up. Yeah, right now, every team besides the Flyers and the Islanders, they're above 500. The first mm-hmm. place team, the Washington Capitals, they're 14-3-5. They have 13. 33 points. Alex Ovechkin continues to light up the goal sheet. It's just amazing to see what he's been doing. The Carolina Hurricanes, they're amazing. They're 15 4 1, 31 points. The Rangers, who the Flyers play on Wednesday, and the team that consistently embarrassed us last season. Oh boy, I can't wait for that game on Wednesday. They're 13 4 3 with 29 points. Columbus, their hot start to the season continues. They've been a really good home team. They're 12 and 7. The Pittsburgh Penguins, they're the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're still going to win games with their system. 10 7 and 4. And the Devils who you just lost to today, they're 9 6 and 4. So, this division like Chris said, it's there's no room to, you know, be this like, you know, you're putting yourself basically out of it at the beginning of the season if you continue going down, you know, this stretch of spiraling out of control and something does need to be fixed i'm not sure if i i i'm sure chuck fletcher is on the phones right now i'm like it's like i can understand what chris is saying from this point because you've been like through the hextall regime where when shit was going bad hextall was very stubborn so you know he wasn't going to make the move he was going to play the course and just let the team play it out the way they play it out and basically it's the same thing be going with so many years where you have to fight your way into the playoffs, like from basically the last couple of weeks in the season, there have been probably only a couple of times this decade. So going back to the beginning of the decade, the 2010, 11, 2011, the 2011 team, the 2012 team and the 2014 team, those teams really didn't have to fight their way into the playoffs. They, those teams were in the playoffs basically at that time. The 2011 team, they were one of the best teams in the league that year. The 2012 team, they were a guaranteed playoff spot. The 2014 team, yeah, they started off slow, but they managed to finish in a third place spot come like a couple of weeks left in the season. But basically, the other, and you know, 1920, they were a second place team, yes, when the COVID uh, shortened season happened. And then, you know, they got the first seed and, you know, the uh, bubble thing, but, you know, who knows what would have happened if, yeah, if COVID didn't really shorten that season, but. If you look at the other years, you got 15, 16. You had to fight your way to get into the playoffs the last couple of weeks into the season. 17, they, they 18. They got in that year of the last game of the season. Yeah. Same last. thing with 17, 18. They got there with the last game of the season, and Claude Drew had to get that hat trick. Mm-hmm. And then I mean, the, like, the, the other. Were in, though, but that like, yeah. solidified their spot. But I know what you yeah. mean. 
And then, you know, the other couple of years, you know, 16, 17, they were like, you know, they were out of it, but they still fought their way till the very end. And, you know, they finished, you know, maybe like five points out of it, 18, 19, you know, they fought all the way till the end, you know, finished 10, maybe so, so many points out of it. It's just, it's just the brink of mediocrity. It's, it's really as frustrating because like for Chris, I can really understand it. This is the only brand of hockey you've seen your entire life. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I, Yes, I was still, you know, young enough to see because I really don't remember because, yes, I was born in 98. I'm 23 right now. Yeah, I don't really remember po or previous to, you know, the the 0405 lockout. I really don't remember those teams that much. I was just too young to even remember that shit. But I remember, you know, coming out of the lockout, they lost in the first round to Buffalo. They got Forsberg that year. And then the, the next year, they were the worst team in the league. They got JVR in the draft. Sadly, we got snubbed and could have got Patrick Kane. But, you know, that's how the draft lottery works. Uh, then you follow it up the next season. Paul Holmgren, you know, goes out on his limb and just gets everything possible to reshape that team. And they become a really good team, losing the third round to the Penguins. The next year, they lose in the first round to the Penguins. Then the following year, they go on the cup run, basically not being a good team the entire season. They get hot at the right time, and they go on a cup run. Yeah, it sucks, but it's like, yes, I, I just, I hate, like, like yeah, those were like my kid years, like middle school years, but it, it does sting more, like, because when you get into your teenage years, when you get into your adult years, like, these are the years that stick to you more because mm – -hmm. These are the years that really like because oh like when I was a kid the Flyers were a good team but like as I'm getting older like these like stay in my mind more it's just like man it feels like it's so long ago when the Flyers were like a consistently good team and it just when I was in sixth grade they had ten road wins ten ten road wins out of forty one games like this is what I'm this is what I mean it's so frustrating when you watch this over and over and over again it's like it's like uh it's like i don't want to say i have a feeling it's coming because i never really do but i'm not shocked you know what i mean like it's just so old man it's 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 stale it's just stale that's the perfect way i can describe it it's just a stale feeling to watch the team and yep. do that. But then again, but when they're winning, it's fine. Like I don't mind it, but when you keep seeing the same thing over and over again, and, and it's the same thing, it results to losses, results to goals going against them, like it results in the power play struggles, everything. And, you know, I, there is a comment on there um, on here, that's we don't need a trade, we don't need a GM. AP's being the only constant with a team consistently underperforming. It's not necessarily true. If you want to go underperforming by players, realistically, everybody has pretty much underperformed since 12 13, if we're being honest. Um, some guys had great years, some guys didn't, but a lot of what that, those years were were guys underperforming and guys not scoring goals and many other different factors of just many different things. That could be a whole separate podcast of us talking about that, which we're not going to get into, but you get what my point, the, 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 the consistent thing that AV has had a problem with since the playoffs has been a bad power play. And really even the 2019, 20 season, the regular season, the power play wasn't great, it had its moments, but wasn't really great. So honestly, it wasn't as Aaron, dreadful. It really wasn't as dreadful as it is now. No, it's like it basically, score. it, it yeah, gave it, them a amount of it just didn't score. 
it basically ever since the bubble playoffs, the power play has been so dreadful. Yeah, it's been atrocious. So really since then, it's been this bad. Um, and also their 5-1-5 system. It feels like he gets outcoached just about every other night. And you saw it a lot last year. You saw it in the playoffs with Barry Trotz. You saw it in a lot of a good amount of recent games this year. Like it's a trend, and I get it. It's not going to be, you know, you know, like sunshine and rainbows the entire season. And it's not going to be like one year until this team wins a cup. But. On the other, on the flip side, where I'm getting at is like it's so frustrating to see this all the time. But then again, the other thing is it's so early you can't panic. So I understand the entire thing. I understand both sides of it, and I, I'm I'm kind of in the middle because I see why the Flyers aren't doing anything, but then I also see why it's very they need to do something. I think, dude, I can't again. You can't keep playing without these players. You, you, again, we just talked about this before. You have absolutely nobody else you can call up. No, in the no. in the AHL to play top six, no one. It's Morgan Frost. That's it. Nobody else. That's it. That's all it is. That's the thing. It's because it, when you're talking about Elaine Vigneault and everything like that. I know when the Flyers first hired him, you know the previous teams that you know fan base is like, oh, Elaine Vigneault, this is not a good hire for this team because he's a guy that doesn't adjust the system to. And that's that's the one flaw with Elaine Vigneault that I, I guess that's really hurt his teams throughout the years. He doesn't adjust and he tries to stick to his plan. And I think right now, besides like injuries and all that crap, I think his lack in just you know stubbornness to not adjust could be what also is hurting this team as well. So and I've seen a couple of comments right here saying like, you know, from Donovan right here, the game was atrocious. You think AV lasts the week. I think there's a lot of coaching comments right here just from AV in general. And it's just, so we got, can AV and the different coaches come up with a different system during the season? How would that work? Or do you fire them and others and let someone else try to get these players going? Like at the point I, I can see Chuck Fletcher making some moves, but how far do you think if this thing continues to spiral out of control, how much further do you think the uh, coaches even get on the hot seat at this point, especially a late or the GM or the GM? Because again, the boss of this entire thing is Comcast, not Chuck. It's Comcast. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's going to be like, again, they want the winning season. They want, look, it's, it's obviously really hurt this team throughout the decade. That's been one of the main reasons for it. So we get it. But I think you got to give these guys time. I think you have to give Fletcher and AV time. I want to trade. I don't know about coaching. Um, I know I've said it before where I think that they should be fired. But my opinion has changed a little bit on that because Tarion, yes, that's a different story. AV, first of all, Tarion should have been gone after the 2019-20 playoff series. The, the entire bubble should have been fired from then. But from the for AV, for instance, I think you have to give him some time. If this continues throughout the season and you don't see many changes, um, I don't know what happens. I think at that point you're like, what do you do now? So... I, I really don't know. But if the Flyers look, many teams have come out of slumps like this before. 
The Blues in 1819 were one of the worst teams in the league on January 3rd, and they won the Stanley Cup. Anything can happen in the NHL. It's a long season. You play all 82 for a reason. But I just Montreal can't see the Flyers. The Montreal Canadiens last year, they were not a good team. Yeah. They stuck into the playoffs because of a you know a COVID setup in a bad division, and they went on a hot run, to, got to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, that basically describes anything could happen mm. at this point. I don't think... I don't think any sort of player is going to fix the system. I think what it's going to do is help them score goals. Like the Flyers are scoring goals off of talent. The, all three goals in the Carolina game were because of talent. Drew with the nice pass to Provorov. Then you have Farabee, unbelievable, disgusting goal, shorthanded. Then Frost makes a nice pass to rest of the line and he finds net. The, this game, long, shorthanded goal. Really nice, you know, solo effort. Farabee scores off of, of an unfortunate play, but that's nothing really system-based. It was a turnover in the devil's end off the referee, and the Flyers pounced on it. Last five goals have pretty much been talent-based. I think that's a problem with your system. And, and I feel like their power play... And they're scoring more shorthanded than they are on the power play, and that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> they have two shorthanded goals in the last two games, and their power play is, what, five for 52? Oh, boy. I, I need to look do at their you stats. Remember the last time the power play scored? No, I do not. I honestly, I honestly just don't. It wasn't this game. It wasn't the game against Carolina. Uh, going back to these couple of games, it, it definitely wasn't against Carolina. It wasn't against Florida. It could have been against Boston. I think that was the last time the power play scored. I think that was the last time. Yes, it was the last time they scored in the Boston game where they lost 5 2. Broussard. <laughs> we got a comment from Joel Fairmeme saying if this streak continues to say nine or ten games, I think Chuck needs to pull the plug. AV needs to have a short lease because this year is the year we need to succeed. If we don't, G is gone, Coots gets older, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, because with the way this offseason was, this was a bold move by Chuck Fletcher to go into the win now approach, getting all these different guys in the offseason to try to build a team to make the playoffs and then complete in the playoffs. And I can understand when some teams, if they do make these moves and right now they don't, I guess, play the way they expect to in the beginning of the season. Yes, I think the coach gets a short leash. But I'm also trying to think if you fire Elaine Vigneault, really, who is the replacement? Because there's not that many coaches on the... Bruce Boudreaux. John Boudreaux. Bruce Boudreaux, yeah. I know. I know. Bruce Boudreaux has a reputation of getting teams' offenses going. That's a possibility. I can see. I, I really only see those two guys as the hires because you, you're not going to hire Joel Tockett after. Tockett could be an. I would like Tockett as an assistant coach. I feel like he's had more success as an assistant than yeah. as a head coach. Mm-hmm. I would like that. Then again, he was with Arizona, so. Yeah, and then um, I don't. I don't think. I think he was also the head coach of Tampa Cooper when they were the Yeah. And I'm trying to think of it as well. Joel Fairman says he wants John Tortorella. I want Tortorella is perfect. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Tortorella. Tortorella, but, but that comes to the thing. Like, would how long would Tortorella's attitude last here? That's the thing. With like, I know Tortorella is. It's like the same thing as Elaine Vigneault. I'm His sure the message, players want to win now too. Oh yeah, I'm sure about that. You too, know, yeah. like I think that would be perfect. And I, I think you'd have to give him a chance. Yeah, like it, it would be. Very, like, could you imagine him here, like, 
getting the guys going. Like I think <sighs> I think I think that would be a nice change of pace. And he's for another like, guy too. Like Atkinson played for Torres Atkinson before. played for him. Atkinson scored forty goals when he was his coach. Yeah, I wouldn't. I think Torres yeah. would be great. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that if that is the option to fire the head coach. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I wouldn't mind seeing you know bringing Rick Tockett as a if if there's person. anybody in here that remembers it. Is it similar to Mike Keenan? Or no? I'm just curious. I don't know. I'm just asking. Yeah. Is Latorta's style of coaching? Yeah, is, is it similar to Mike Keenan? Anybody in here that's coached a long or you know followed the Flyers a long time? Yeah, I'm trying. To, I think there was a guy that said he's been watching since '74, '75. I can't remember. Mm, Philly Ghost. Is. Yeah, Philly Ghost. Okay. Yeah, Philly Ghost. If you're still in here, like, do you think Torts' style is more closer to a Mike Keenan? Like, or do you think else, that's their own Facebook or anything or through Twitter yeah. or anything like that? Yeah, that's the one thing. Because, yeah, I've been like a guy that I think his attitude, especially in press conferences, would definitely be a nice, cha- like, you know, change of pace for Flyers fans, especially like a guy that actually holds his guys accountable. And, you know, he just says it how it is. Yeah. So that's something. So if, I guess not really sure. Sh- I, th- I think it is kind of the similar style because Keenan was a really aggressive coach, especially towards his players. So, and he knows how to get that, like those gears going, get them, you know, the hard work and everything. That's what Keenan did with, you know, that very young Flyers team that really nothing was expected of them back in the mid, in the early mid 80s. Yeah. So, I think Torch is basically the same thing. You know, you gotta, he gets the gears going. We got a comment right here from Jason saying, got a bad feeling that if we make a trade, TK is going to be one of the guys that goes, I don't know why he loves TK. So he hopes not. But what do you guys think? GVR. I think JVR trade JVR for a similar contract. Yeah. That's the thing. Like what similar contract are you looking to get possibly? Tarasenko. But you think the blues will take that after they, the way Tarasenko has been playing likes, this year? Ruby likes JVR. And you'd obviously have to throw a sweetener. It wouldn't be one, one for one. Yeah. But you'd pro- yeah, you probably had to throw at least a second first round pick possibly for or even a prospect for Tarasenko with to go along with that. Yeah. Or I mean, a couple of picks. I couldn't give two shits about draft picks. I get rid of every I, I don't care if the Flyers don't have a pick this entire draft. Get rid of them. I'm not kidding. I know you're not kidding. Like <laughs> it's the because uh, you got like a lot of players on this team. Well that's their captain though. That's the thing Vancouver might want to shake up. That's because I know JT Miller is one of those guys. It's been the I main guy through the mill. And then you got Absolutely Brock Besser. Who's also JT been, Miller. Brock Besser has been one of those guys that's brought up in the rumor mill as well. So I saw Besser might not go, though. I saw he he's not, not getting traded. Hmm. Miller, I think uh, if I you're know. looking at the trade market, you got JT Miller, maybe a Tomas Hurdle. Flat Tarasenko. I, I'm trying to think of other teams that I see. I see Hurdle as more of an off-season thing, but I would love Tomas Hurdle here. Absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah, I'm trying to. Th- I think. I think there was a fourth player that I was thinking of a couple of days ago, and I think it's slipping my mind right now. But I know it's Tomas Hurdle that's on the JT Miller. And I'm trying to think of other players that are on that list, possibly you know for trade wise, and Tarasenko as well. I'm not sure. Yeah, if you trade a JT Miller, you never know. Jim Bending is an idiot, so maybe you could fleece him in a trade. But maybe that's just, that's just how fault. That's just how you know poorly run the Vancouver organization. I thought Miller was really good on the Rangers. 
I yes. liked him on Tampa, and I think he's one of the Canucks' better best players. Honestly, oh yeah, like, he's yeah. just he's very noticeable every time like he played in both games he played the Flyers. He was very noticeable. Yes, and if you're looking at JT Miller this year, he's been there. He has been their best player, 19 points in 22 games. He leads them in points. So, <laughs> and you got him I like right, seven. right in the midst of his prime. Excuse me, too. I think he has seven power play points. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> That's basically all it describes as. So, yeah, it's it's a. Uh... Yep. That comment from Jason. I think I've said that for about three, four weeks now. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Joel Fairmean saying Hurdle, Horvat, Besser, and Tarasenko could be guys that you look after. Yeah, I think that's pretty much rounds up that list of possible guys. I'm not sure if like any like any other teams. If you're looking at around the league, like really, what teams are looking to give up players at this point? It's really just the bad teams. Like Vancouver definitely is looking up to give up some players. I'm sure Seattle is, but like, who can you really? pluck from Seattle that's really going to help this team out at all Jordan Everly Everly maybe Jaden Schwartz maybe if you're looking at defensemen maybe uh, not sure if any defensemen would help this team out looking at other teams as well around the league San Jose you got the Tomas Hurdle thing Calgary's not going to give up anyone with the way they're playing Anaheim with the way they're playing they're not giving up anyone the Central Division Arizona really who do you look at from Arizona that's going to help this team not entirely sure. They have Jay Beagle. Clayton Cowher will be the only one. He's not getting moved. Yeah, he's not getting moved at all. Like I think some people or would Jackson. ask for Phil. I think some people would ask for Phil Kessel, but I don't. I don't think want Phil Kessel. Happen. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I don't want Phil Kessel. Uh, yeah, Joel Fermi also said uh, James McCann from Seattle. That could be something that possibly. Jared McCann. Oh, Jared yeah, McCann would be cool, McCann. but um, they need another offensive guy, not a yeah bottom six. I mean, McCain yeah. played top six, but you know what I mean. I think some. I, I think I was talking to someone the other day, and they were saying the Flyers maybe should have tried to go for Duchesne because Duchesne has been really good for Nashville this year, at a uh, twenty-two points in twenty-one games. His cap is so high, though. Yeah, no, that's the problem. Was he eight point two? I think he's around that range. Or eight. He, I think he's seven years at eight mil. I think so. That is absurd. Because Yes, because Nashville, they've actually been getting pretty good offensive production from their team, surprisingly. For a team like, you know, the past couple of years, they struggle to score goals. It's because a look of the standings. They're, I think they're fifth place in the uh, Central Division right now. Leafs are down first. They are. 16, 6, and 1. Interesting. They're on a yeah, four, have, 9 and 1 in their last 10. Yeah, the Leafs have been a lot Panthers better. Panthers are 4, 4, and 2 in their last 10. They lost their first home game to the goddamn Kraken. Did they? Out of all, really? Yes. Out of all the fucking teams they lost to at home, it was the Kraken. Th- that annoyed me. Well, you knew that was happening at some point, right? <laughs> yeah, they, they were going to eventually lose a home game, but to the Kraken, <laughs> they lost 4-1, man. I mean, they barely beat us the last game. Yeah, they did. I wonder yeah, if they're same. going down to earth. I don't know. Red Wings are still in there. Yeah, the Red Wings are I'd still love to there. see the Red Wings in the playoffs. Yeah, Stevie Red Y with that player. rebuild Maybe right now. They're entertaining. Yeah, I'm trying. Like, look at all their players right now. You got Lucas Raymond has been unbelievable this year. 21 points. Dylan Larkin has been really good. Tyler Bertuzzi has been really good. Maurice Sider has been really good. A lot of their rookie guys they're showing up. <laughs> good old Sam Gagne 
old Philadelphia Flyer. <laughs> and look, I want to look at Anaheim too because Anaheim has been good this year as well. And look, like especially Troy Terry, dude. Troy Terry has been on a goddamn oh tear. God. The Ducks look incredible. Like how how long was his point streak that he had? Was it sixteen games at least? I think that he had. I uh, I think it was eighteen. Eighteen game points. I knew it was in that high range. Did it end? The Ducks have lost four of their last five. Yeah, Ryan Getzlaff having, I guess, a renaissance season. Even though he has one goal, he still has twenty points. So right now he's pulling a Jake Voracek type of season with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think Voracek still only has one goal. Adam Henrique has been good for them. Didn't he also get waived last year, Adam Henrique? Or am I yeah. blanking? I think he did. Mm-hmm. Trevor Zegras has been good, very good lately for them, making a lot of great passes. Shattenkirk has been good for them. Sonny Milano, Cam Fowler. And look at um, John Gibson. John Gibson has been really good, and Anthony Stolarz has been good as the backup for them. Yeah. So yeah, right now, it's, it's been a very... Uh... <laughs> Jason says Terry for Sealer one for one. <laughs> uh Dude, the, the Ryan Ellis trade still gets made regardless of if he has injuries or not. Yes. I know a lot of people want to like harp on the Ellis trade just because Ellis is an injured commodity. Patrick like and Flyers. Myers haven't done shit for their, their teams. Now, Myers was a healthy scratch games. in October. Patrick got hurt again. Yes. And Ellis's injury was a completely different injury from what he had before. In Nashville, he had shoulder, concussion, knuckle. Here, it's a lower body. It's a groin. Completely different injury. Injured in Philly. It's going to happen. Injuries are a part of the game. I still make that trade. You have another five years of Ellis if it doesn't work this year. Yeah, uh, Phil Myers, he's only played eight games for Nashville. He has no points at all. Patrick has one goal in four games played. So, yeah, I think... Yeah. The Flyers, like I know people say, oh, the Flyers lost that trade because it's an injured commodity. Ellis is the ten times better player for those two for those two guys that they traded away. I would take, I would make that trade every game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philly Ghost says Nicholas Albuquerque was not good enough for the Flyers for flying, but but it is. <laughs> I think in the Cavs with three goals already. I think so. I want to look at his stats right now with the Colorado Avalanche because I know he scored on the power play a couple of days ago. So let me see what he has done. Yeah, Since scored a, joining, scored a nice goal against Anaheim too. You got three points, two goals, and an assist in six games played for Colorado. Yeah, I think right. Yeah, he's he's definitely being used to his strengths. He's still playing, I think, what fourth, third line, but he's being used on the top power play. So yeah, so he's getting his chances, and they're letting him play. So that's what the Flyers didn't do here. So at this point, good for NK. That's all I can say. Yeah. Yep. All I can say. Yeah, knickknack paddywhack is a god. What does that mean? <laughs> oh god. Joel Fairmeme saying McDavid fell off a little bit, TBH. Yeah, I haven't really heard that much out of uh, Connor McDavid a little bit. Even though he's probably still I know Leon Dreisaitl has been amazing. Yeah, Connor McDavid, he has 36 points this season. That's still unreal. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl has 20 goals and 20 assists, 40 points. Holy Damn. hell. And I want to see um Alex Ovechkin. I want to see all of his stats right now because this man is just on a tear right now. I think he got his 749th goal yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. 
He's almost one goal away from 750, and he's just inching closer and closer and closer to Ovechkin's, not, not, even though it's probably going to be his record eventually, Gretzky's record for goals scored. And he's got 37 points this year, 19 goals, 18 assists. This is probably one of the best starts of his career. Yeah. And he's 36. Yeah. <laughs> like, slowing down in your 30s is like, just doesn't. I hate that argument. Yeah, 36 years old. He's off to the best start of his goddamn career. <laughs> I want to see what his shooting percentage is right now. Right uh, this season, he shoot his shooting percentage is twenty percent. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> oh god, man, Ovechkin's amazing. I love that man. I love him. Uh, the Flyers, though, right now, <laughs> I don't love them. <laughs> I'm frustrated. <laughs> I am. No, I'm kidding. I'll never hate this team, but it's very frustrating yeah. right now. Yes. This team is frustrating, but we'll never stop talking about them because, you know, that's our team. We can't help it. And Chris has a goddamn tattoo on his arm for them. For Christ's sakes, you know he's never going to stop talking about this team. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cros- Crosby actually this year has not been that good for Pittsburgh. I think he's really struggling this year. Uh, if I'm not injury, I think. Right? I'm trying I'm trying to see uh, Crosby so far. Yeah, he's been injured a couple of times to start the year. He nine ga- he's only he has six points in nine games played, but I guess he's not off to the you know the hottest start. And I guess he's also a he's a minus four as well. So I guess yes, yeah, I think Crosby's eventually going to bounce back. It's Sidney Crosby, so I'm not overly worried about that. Yeah, no, me too. So. I guess we are. We this was going to be a short episode, regardless, because it is getting late. It is almost midnight, and there's been a lot of misery today in the city of Philadelphia. So I think we all need to sleep it off, because you know, Eagles blew it in New York. J- Jalen Rager want to kill the guy. I don't. I don't want to kill the guy. Not <laughs> what the hell am I saying? <laughs> but you know, the city of Philadelphia wants to run the guy out of town now, because you know he missed two catchable passes today. So that's one thing. The uh, New York Mets, they're making a bunch of signings right now. I think they're really closing in on a deal to sign Max Scherzer, so they're making a lot of moves, and the Phillies right now aren't doing anything, but I'm still confident in Dave Dubrask to do stuff. But right now, <laughs> I, think, I think it's a, a miserable time in the city of Philadelphia. And the Sixers, they're, they're just getting their, t- their guys back, but they've been struggling lately. So, yeah, I think miserable time is the ideal word, I guess, or ideal phrase. Uh, It just is. So I guess to wrap up this podcast, we thank you everyone for joining this episode of Flyer Up. The Flyers are a very frustrating team. I'm frustrated. You're frustrated. Chris is frustrated. Is it going to end? Hopefully. But right now this thing is spiraling out of control and this team needs to fix it. So hopefully they can find a way with these next couple of days off to work on that before they play against the Rangers this Wednesday to hopefully not get embarrassed by them again. And then after that Rangers game, they will be off for three more days after that before they have a home back-to-back with Tampa Bay and Colorado. So some still some tough games coming up, but this team needs to be ready for them. So we'll wait and see what happens there. So thank you, everyone, for joining this episode with the, of the Florida Podcast. I'm your host. Amadeo Garcia. He is Chris Mayer. And don't forget to subscribe to all of our YouTube pages, Twitter channels, the Painted Lions, all their stuff. Don't forget to follow them. Thank you, everyone, for joining this episode, and we will see you next time.